The Psalms Day of Jill Scott with a lovely day and indeed we are going to have a lovely day. Not only that, we're also going to be having a fantastic, fantastic week while we're getting into our get up and go. And today it's Motivation Monday and we're joined today by Mr. Spiwa Moyo. He is the chairperson of the South African Board for People's Practices. He's the chief people officer for Twice Blue, PTYLTD. He's a global speaker and author. Now Spiwa researches and speaks on employee engagement, employee morale, employee motivation and on strategies aimed at nipping the entitlement culture in the bud. And of course, he works a lot with employees and employee engagement because he himself, you know, has worked uh, quite extensively in this uh, particular area. He is the former head of learning and development at uh, groups such as NetBank Group. He's also worked as a non-executive director, talent and HR solutions and he's also done a lot of work in training and development so he's passionate about engaging engaging your employees and making sure that the workplace is a dynamic Spiro, good morning and thank you so much for being with us good morning Kanye, and thank you so much for having me Wow, you know, when somebody's so achieved and has done so much, you don't even know where to start. But a good place for us to start is to tell us what your get up and go is. What gets you going? What is your routine? Where is your mental space in the morning when you wake up? So for me, so for me, Kanye, it includes a few things. First of all, uh, for because I'm a person of faith, it includes a bit of prayer, a bit of reading the word, um, but also just to uh, when I when I get to the gym or take. Um, take a walk and, and I, I get a lot of podcasts into my mind listening to some really really good stuff in in my in my in my head just to be able to, to set your tone and set your day because the things that you listen to will kind of manifest uh, throughout the day so I, I wake up and I get a lot of personal development first because before I even try and work but because I'm also a very morning person I also get to do my most difficult work in the morning after I've done uh, some prayer after I've done some walking, uh, including a listening of podcasts. But I am a morning person, so it also includes just doing the most difficult work of, of my life. I try to do it in the morning. Mm, so you do your best work at this time of the day? Absolutely, absolutely. This this for me is the time. There's a lot of distractions in the, in, during the day, and there's, there's social media and so on. So this is the time I, where I'm able to switch off the data, get a bit of radio in the background and be able to, to just work. Mm-hmm. If anything needs concentration for me, if anything needs my entire brain to work, I do it at this time. Amazing. And I think you and I are the same. I can get more done waking up at 3 o'clock than I can at 10 p.m. at night. So I, I guess it's just, you know, the way people are wired. Now, Spiwa, talk to us about how would you advise somebody, they're listening to you right now and they're not even looking forward to starting their day uh, because of, you know, their work environment, because they are absolutely not motivated. You know, the work environment is so challenging and there are just mm. so many issues on that front. So for me, the, the one thing that had always kept me going, uh, even when, it, when times are tough, is my own personal vision. You know, I, I've always believed that your, you know, your memory must never be greater than your vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the vision is great, it will pull you. And that's why even as you were talking just now about uh, career transitions, I've always believed that people must not transition into careers because they are pushed by people, but they need to be pulled by vision, you know. Mm. So when, you, when your vision is powerful, you can, 
you can you can just hold on because you kind of understand that the good life is like a book. If you if the chapter that you are in is not that great, you know there's chapter two and there's chapter three. So you should never kind of give up because of a chapter. So if it's tough, you need to go and wake up and 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 just smile and do your thing. But it's because of the vision that pulls you. You know the vision says no matter what is happening, um, you know you can't give up because people sometimes don't understand this. But you know too many people will be negatively affected if you give up now. You know, mm. they, they may they, people might not tell you, but there are people who look at you and say if you can hold on, if you can hold on, I can make it too. So there comes a time when your success is really no longer about you. So you have to keep going. You have to, you know, uh, do what you need to do to go through a tough chapter because you understand that it's just a chapter. It's not the end of your book. And let's get into some of the work that you do around employee engagement, employee morale and employee motivation. I I suppose this is very much geared towards employers themselves to understand organizational culture and how to build an organizational culture that is most conducive, you know, to your employees to bring out the best in them. How important is organizational culture along with the very work that a person is doing? Oh, it's absolutely it's absolutely critical because um, you know individual effectiveness, uh, which is the effectiveness of the individual, drives organizational effectiveness. Mm. So if you don't have great individuals who are engaged, who you are able to tap into, then you can't be effective as an organization. So there are a few measures of of organizational effectiveness, which is productivity, which mm-hmm. is profitability, and so on. But you can only get those if you have effective individuals. So people who understand this organizational culture are able to create a culture where individuals must thrive. Because if individuals can thrive, then an organization can thrive. So, and it's so critical that, I mean, I've gone to places where you can have one individual who excels in a particular organization and you take them into another organization and they don't excel. And it's only because of this thing called culture. And and many organizations are coming to a point where they're starting to understand this and where you have these big terms like culture eats uh, strategy for breakfast. It's because this organizational culture thing is a very critical thing. Is organizational culture starting to mirror society itself? So in other words, we live in, a, in an African society and yet corporates are not really geared around whether it's an African culture or that culture. You know, there's just that neutral culture. But when people come into an organization, they're not coming in as neutral people. They bring themselves, you know, and their practices, you know, like I don't respect, I don't disrespect elders. I don't raise my voice at elders. I don't do this. I don't do that. And sometimes you find yourself, you're the boss and you're the youngest and all the people who work with you are elderly. And so, you know, you're faced with that moral dilemma of where do I make the difference between me, the boss, and, and me, the, the cultured person? No, but you don't make that distinction. And, and that's why the, the personalization and individualization is so important now in our in our research, when we, when we teach, we tell people to be their authentic self, mm-hmm. and you don't really have to. You don't have to lead like other people. You don't have to try and do things that you're not comfortable with because that's the norm, and that's how people lead. You can lead from a position of understanding yourself. The best thing, the, the issue about leadership is about getting results through other people. 
And that's the main thing. If you can get results because you scream and shout, that's up to you. But I'm not going to shout at anybody because I know how I've been made, I've been, I've been you know, raised. Mm. It's a matter of understanding my own team and getting results out of them. I don't have to do things that I'm uncomfortable with. I don't have to, uh, you know, conform to other standards to be able to do the things. So that's why organizations now are creating that space where people are saying, you know, lead the way you're supposed to lead as long as you get me the results, which is what we call managing by objectives. As long as the objectives are met, I really wouldn't care much how you do it as long as you don't uh, also get into other people and and demotivating other people. So there is a huge, there is a huge move in, in, in organizations where people saying, you know what, I, I see more states, I'm going to do it the way <laughs> I'm supposed to do it. <laughs> the issue is I will get results. Absolutely. And how then do you get results when, maybe let me rephrase that, is there a formula? Because you're dealing with people of different personalities. Others are better off when they are micromanaged. Others are better off when they are left, you know, to do the job after they've been given a brief, you know. So you get different people working in different styles. So as a leader, how important is it for you to tailor make, you know, your leadership style according to the person that you're leading? Or can one formula really, you know, cover all those different uh, ways and aspects of people working? No, there is no formula, there is no template when it comes to human beings. Uh, You have to tap into people's passions and visions and their own stories. You just can't. I mean, if you are what we call span of controls, uh, the number of people reporting to you. Normally, in South Africa, a manager will have probably about between two and and maximum eight people reporting to you. So you have time to to individualize your, your, your leadership style. You have to know who people are. There are people that you can't leave. Uh, to do things for themselves because they are maturity levels. So in, in leadership, there's something that we call a contingency-based leadership style, mm. where you, you change your style based on the maturity of your followers, you change your style based on the circumstances as well. So if if somebody if somebody is mature enough to do the work, you get out of their way and you make them do what they're supposed to do. If somebody needs a bit of closer attention, you get closer. So you cannot lead um, in, a, in a template or in a formula, you have to understand your team. And and you'll see that, you know, team members are not the same, human beings are not the same. There are certain things that you have to tap in as a leader. And the only way you can be able to do that is just by spending time with your, with your team members. Unfortunately, you can't outsource that. And that is very important. Don't be the kind of boss that comes in in the morning, uh, is there for one or two hours, and then is gone for the rest of the day and doesn't know what's happening in their company. Now, you've written books like uh, Hashtag Stagnation Must Fall, uh, and this is where you talk about, you know, 50 different mindset shifts that are necessary, and you provide 50 practical lessons that people can apply immediately to progress in their life and career. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, for me, I think, you know, career progression is a very important thing, and Everybody's trying to transition from their current state to their desired state. But I found that there are certain mindsets that people must have in order to transition. And, and the biggest one for me is a person must always start with saying, I need to transition from a mindset that says I deserve this and that to a mindset that says I'm responsible for making it happen. Yes. So if you keep saying I deserve a promotion, I deserve a raise, I deserve a bursary, it's not going to happen. You need to transition to a state where you say, I, I don't only deserve it, 
but I'm responsible for making this thing happen. There's no mm. one who's going to do it for me. No one is, trying, is coming to discover me. I'm my own uh, savior. I'm my own rescuer. I'm going to make it happen. So in the book, I talk about those mindsets, but I also talk about some practical things as well. So, for example, the fact that in, in careers, uh, there was a time we knew that careers are always moving up, but the, the world of work is changing. So careers are no longer only about ladders. You know, they're about um, sometimes you can go up and down sideways into a career that you want. So people now do not need to be obsessed with only going up. You can go sideways, connect with your purpose. Sometimes you move sideways because maybe you've been in in a supporting role. You want an operational area that's going to give you experience. So uh, the world is changing. We're not only obsessed with ladders. We understand that we must do everything possible in order to progress. And that sometimes is not always going up. Wonderful. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. That is as pure Moyo. Before we let you go, what's an inspirational quote or message that you can share with our listeners? I think for me today, I will, I will stick to this one. If you If you start something because you want to show them, because you want to show people, it will show you flames. Do not be pushed by bitterness and vindictiveness be pulled by vision and purpose. Thank you so much. There you go, Pio Moyo, and he is our Motivation Monday speaker of the day. Please do look him up. He is on Twitter. He is on Instagram. He's everywhere. You can go and connect with him and, and be encouraged and be motivated. If you are an employer and you'd like him to come in and, and do something with you and your employees, please uh, do go and connect with him. Pio Moyo there joining us on my Get Up and Go. Ten minutes before 5 o'clock. Stay with us right here on SAFM.